Thunderbrunt. Hey, Bob. Hey, everyone. I'm talking to you because I never do this. This is Writer's Blockbusters, and what we do on this show is we treat the final edit of a movie like it's a script. That's right. That's right, right, guys? Because it is. No. <laughs> no, it's it a is. last draft. It's a last draft, and I feel like that's something we should clarify, and we're going to every episode yeah. from now on. But before we start, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. I am Jimmy George. I am a script consultant and screenwriter. I am Jamie Nash. I am a screenwriter. And I'm Bob Rose, and I'm kind of a filmmaker. <laughs> and a podcaster, and a whatever. And today we're going to talk about a movie that was based on a Sylvester Stallone fan poll we did. Yes, that's right. Right? We yeah. ran a fan poll. And what were the selection? What was it? It Ooh, was it Stop was or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> Rhinestone. Rhinestone. And uh, Rambo 3. No, it was yeah. First Blood, and it was... Cliffhanger. 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 And Demolition, Demolition Man. Man and, and not Rocky, because we're going to save that for We say we're one. saving Rocky, yeah. I don't remember what the other one It was that forgettable. Um, what was it? Damn I it. I don't know, but this one won. It wasn't Cobra. Daylight. Yeah, so. No, I don't it wasn't Cobra. No, no, no it wasn't I Cobra. love Daylight. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, de either way, I think healthily de Demolition Man yeah, won, right? It crushed, like, it crushed it. I think yeah. it was what was that porno porn he was in, porno porn what do we call him these days porn he was in no, a porn yeah he, he was, was in one before porn. his career what? started yeah That's it was. before his career started I did not know that on the next Do Thunder demolishing Run. man Demo <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh, God. Yeah. here we go <laughs> right but demolition man won uh pretty healthily yeah and I think that's a sign of like the time uh, honestly because it, it has yeah it has grown as a cult favorite. Over the years, it was yeah. a it was a huge hit, but it was like I feel like it's more beloved now than it ever was. Yeah, it's picked it's, up. It's aged well, you know. It's it's kind of it it predicted things that actually somewhat came true. I Maybe mean, everyone just likes Taco Bell. I was really <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised by all the technological self driving cars, iPads, yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff, video chat, three right. seashells. The, the, yeah, it's amazing how that has lasted. That is that is last, and there is like there's been people who have like directly the writers have directly addressed the three seashells oh, and stuff. I, we can we that. can I yes. can read some of that. Yes, please. Wait, do. We won't talk about that right now. Uh, Jamie, yes. who wrote this shit? Who wrote this shit? <laughs> That's what it says in the outline. Who wrote this shit? Anonymous skunk put that in the outline. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, who wrote this shit? Now I I clicked off the page. <laughs> there there are a bunch of people that wrote. Uh, wrote this shit as I try to get to it. But yeah, it starts with, well, this isn't who started with it, but I get the feeling he gets the most credit is Daniel Waters, who was the Heathers guy. Mm, okay. Um, okay. And I think after Heathers, he had a ton of, he, he did everything. Because okay. uh, it, it seems like he did a lot of Joel Silver stuff too. He did the adventures of Ford Fairlane immediately after. Hudson Hawk. Oh. 
Batman Returns. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Those were before Demolition Man. Before Demolition Man. I'm, I'm reading upside Damn, down. Damn, he wrote Batman Returns. That's, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. So, yeah, so he was pretty hot pretty after good. Heather's. Like everybody wanted that Heather's magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he after he wrote that, let me click on Demolition Man just to make sure I and get Heather's all the names. Demolition Man, it's like <laughs> great double feature. <laughs> well, well so <laughs> no, right. so I think I think what happened was he was the rewriter. So the original writers were uh, two guys. Peter Lenkov, Peter M. Lenkov, and Robert Renault. Uh, Peter M. Lenkov, if you look at his IMDb, tons of television stuff to this day. I mean, huge career. Robert Renault, not so much. He, you know, Demolition Man was kind of the end-all and be-all. I saw an interview a while back with Peter Len- Lenkov, and maybe if you feel free to chime in. I don't know who that he is. Was the, he, he was the guy who apparently originally came up with it. He was okay. thinking of it more as like a universal soldier kind of movie. You okay, know? It's a little more that. serious. Yeah, to, basically just a team-up kind of thing or something, I think. I, I think he did come up with it because of the cryo-freeze thing. I think it was okay. around the time the Walt Disney stuff Everybody was going Everybody was around. going crazy for the cryo-freeze. So, uh, <laughs> I always felt like Austin Powers' cryo-freeze joke was based off of Demolition Man. <laughs> oh, wouldn't pro- be it has to be, right? Like It was a direct reference to Demolition Man. <laughs> it's, like the goo. Yeah. It came up out of the goo. It, right. And it's kind of a classic Buck Rogers was kind of the yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's a classic idea. But he came up with that idea, pitched it to Joel Silver. Joel Silver said, I don't get the cryo freeze or something. And, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know if Joel, but one of his executives. It's just a device. He didn't it's really like it. And, and But then he wrote the script, came back later, and they saw the Universal Soldier appeal, the team-up movie. Um, and I think the original plan was Jackie Chan as the villain, yes, I think I, I saw. Yes, I heard that, too. Yep. That's um, in the yeah. IMDb trivia. But yeah. he didn't want to be the villain or something in, like that. in China, they don't like seeing uh, people who are heroes be villains. I see. So they don't okay. want to see Jackie they Chan as, want to see Jackie. as an antagonist. He is, yeah, they don't want to see that. So, so later on, uh, you know, the Heather's guy was brought on, and I think he might have added some of that subversive humor side okay. of it. Like he was the one that the meta commentary, the meta commentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and keep in mind, what's interesting about this movie, and thinking about this in a rewatch, because I saw this movie five times in the theater, and I don't know that I was thinking about all this stuff when I saw it back then. You know, this was right around that postmodernistic phase yeah. that they were going through. So, Last Action Hero, Hero came happened out right yeah. before it. Right. Um, okay. You know, so that it was a time when I think we were done with these action hero movies and the machine guns, and they were holding on. <laughs> they were trying to figure out, like the even, the, the big three, the big uh, three, the big yeah. three were kind of like the '80s were their time, and now yeah. they were trying to figure out where did Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and Willis fit right yeah. in the '90s. And I think you know? like then, a movie like kinda, Cliffhanger yeah. was one attempt for Cliffhanger is a serious it's movie. A serious yeah. movie. It's a heartfelt yeah. movie, oddly. It, it, it didn't, <laughs> yeah. It didn't, it's really heartfelt. It didn't feel like a muscle guy with guns movie. No, it was no. more a thriller kind of thing. It was a little Stallone's different. Stallone's like acting in that movie. That's not that's not a Stallone being a silly yeah. action hero. And, and yeah. just to give you a feel how much money. So domestically, this movie made $58 million, which doesn't seem like a ton yeah. That's ton in what money. year? This was in, uh, what was it, 93? 93. Yeah, $58 um, million in 93 is a lot different. A lot, than, yeah. So, yeah. So $58 million put it at number 18. Uh, but just to give you an example, the last action hero was fifty million. So it it, it actually made, made more than the big ticket of the summer or whatever. They but last action hero is considered a not bust. a bust because that costs way more than this. I think it did. Uh, okay, it did. That's... yeah. So last know, action hero was advertised in space. Yes. They spent a little more money on last action hero. <laughs> now, now uh, demolition man came in eighteen. This was the year of Jurassic Park came number one at three fifty seven million. 
Um, Miss Doubtfire at 219, The Fugitive at 183, uh, The Firm at 158, Jeez, Sleepless in Seattle 126, Indecent Proposal 106, In the Line of Fire 102, Pelican it's Brief kind of nuts. 100. In my memory, I would have assumed that it would be the, those numbers for Demolition Man. Yeah, high, much higher. Way higher mm. than that. I think I, I don't think the numbers are here. Uh, I think it did well internationally. I read okay. like yeah. it might have put it over the hundred. It makes sense. Action movie, two big stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of has a, a feel like it could be a European film. Yeah, uh, I think the director might have been a European commercial director. This was his first movie. Oh, and yeah. maybe he did one other one afterwards. Well, when you peak. <laughs> That's right there. I mean, you already made the perfect movie. You don't need to do anything else. And I don't have any budget numbers for That's this fine. or anything. It seems like a relatively cheap movie to me. It doesn't. It's a it's a mid budget. It's a mid budget action movie of the nineties. That's yeah. not. I don't think it's anything. I was surprised how contained stuff. some Very of the contained. action scenes were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The action it's doesn't like, get it's character based more than it I is spectacle based. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Weird to say that about Demolition Man. <laughs> also, if I could derail the conversation for one second mm-hmm. during this recording right now, I don't know why. I just realized that the premise of this and Austin Powers are the same fucking thing. Think about it. <laughs> they got, I, both got unfrozen. They, and yeah. the villain, they basically unfrozen to fight the villain that nobody could. Mm-hmm. Who was also frozen? Right. I never fucking put mm-hmm. that together. That's I, I feel like an either. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like Jesus. It's You're right. Over twenty I years, I never thought about that. That Austin Powers is a pa- like a parody of <laughs> Demolition <laughs> Man. <laughs> Fish out of water story. Yeah, you're right. Man All right. Out of time. Anyway, man out of time. Man out of time. Just, God. just, just as a quick FYI. Sorry, sorry. No, I, yeah. no problem. Since we're on this, I'm looking. Jamie's shaking his head. It's like, oh God, Bob, <laughs> change the subject. I, yeah, I'm looking at the. Uh, oh, it, it does have. I'm surprised it, it was Rob Schneider in uh, Austin Powers. I guess not. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he okay. was not. No. Uh, but I'm looking at the the screenplay and the the first the first page of it, the title page. Actually, as the following as participating writer says, everybody we mentioned, but then it also has Fred Decker. Right. And that's mm-hmm. something I wanted to talk about because uncredited, of course. But one of the Fred things Decker. that I know Jimmy wants to talk about is the opening or yeah. the kind of awkward clunkiness of it. So the first piece of trivia on IMDb, Fred Decker of Monster Squad and um, Night of the Creeps. There's so Creeps. many. Yeah. Robocop 3. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's in line more with Pre- these. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Predator uh, the, the Predator. The Predator. The Predator. I, don't know. I, I wasn't sure about a date or not. So he did an uncredited rewrite of the script. When he was brought on, the script began in the future, and Spartan was introduced when he was brought out of suspended animation. So it started with him being unfrozen. Wow. Decker suggested that the movie needs to open with a prologue set in 1996 to showcase Spartan and Phoenix in their natural environment, saying that if you don't show Kansas, Oz isn't all that special. Ooh. I like that quote. Very, that quote's great. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So it's apparent, I think, that the opening's a last minute addition. And I think that reasoning is good. Well, it's But it doesn't mean it's a great opening. It's funny that you say that. I'm gonna go into it later. But the ending is we can jump into the opening. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. We well, can we can I mean, if it makes sense. Yeah. No, no, no. I was gonna talk about the ending and how it parallels the beginning. So okay. if, so you saying that the ending was the beginning was added last minute. It doesn't feel like it to me because it's like a direct parallel. Everything well, that happens. Well, then the could, he could have. He could have, could have done it right. It yeah, and it. it didn't exist yeah. before. Yeah, that well, possible. that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, possible. yeah. 
Yeah, he could have totally mm. existed before. Okay. I mean, Fred no, Decker. I, I, right? I we, like, lo- we love we Fred, love Fred Decker. Decker. Yeah, it, yeah, it, so. it could have been, I mean, we're we're dancing here, but it could have been that the backstory was always the same, but then they, you know. They was, had never shown us any evidence yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. It might no, have actually, I, I it like, could have even said the backstory in the script. Mm-hmm. And they just were like, well, we got to just fill these two sentences. They got to become a scene. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. They got to become yeah. a scene. You can't yeah. not film these. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. But um, no, I like the order that we've arranged things, and so I want to stick with it. I don't want to hop okay. around. Let's, okay, well, then let's to... talk about tone. Tone. Because yes. te- I think the tone is obviously the reason why this is endured. Yeah. Because yeah. unlike, say, Cliffhanger, I, this is a very, this is like almost borderlines on comedy at some moments. I, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I yeah. think I think that's the reason I responded to it so much in the 90s as well. Um. Because it wasn't just another <clears throat> guy with a gun sort of sort of movie. So fresh. And it felt fresh. It yeah. didn't. It didn't just feel like the same thing. It definitely has that comedy. The comedy feel. Like, we talked about it earlier. The action sequences. There's nothing here that I would want to screen before I shot my own action sequence. It's really. not like a speed where you're like, how do they do that? Yeah. That's <laughs> not. Yeah. What the, that's not what this movie is about. And I'm thankful for that. I. Yeah. I, I, I don't actually I want those scenes to be spectacle. I, I like right. it being Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. And him yeah. exchanging dialogue yeah. while shooting at each other. Yeah. That's what That's I want. That's this movie. That's what this movie is. Yeah. yeah. I no. mean, there's the end fight scene with the cryo yeah. things and all that, but that, that's kind of spectacle, I guess. <laughs> but um, what I wanted to, but with tone, I put this in the wrong place in the outline. I'm sorry, bring it, it in. It should go here. I was going to say, like, the Huxley is obsessed, her obsession with movies that are Demolition Man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the tone of this movie. A character in this movie is obsessed with movies that the producer of Demolition Man made. Yeah. Right. (laughs) She even has the posters. She has a a, uh, Lethal Lethal Weapon 3 poster. Yeah. Right. Joel Silver. She's obsessed with Joel Silver action movies (laughs) in this movie. The meta side of it does seem like it's as much a commentary on, you know, when we're talking about we had to put away people like him. We're really talking about those movies as well, right? It's we're like, putting we're putting we're, away these old muscles and bringing out mm-hmm. the new. He's it's yeah. a new world now. You're old. You're out. You're yeah. outdated. He's right. playing yeah. kind of a goofy. Uh, not even really goofy. He plays it totally straight, but he's playing a version Stallone. of yeah Stallone. Yeah, of one of the characters he would play in another movie, but just maybe a little heightened. Yeah, and I think that the whole thing's kind of a commentary on she likes those movies and. Now that movie character is back. And if there was um, a compliment to be paid to the opening, I know we're going to get to it, but his performance in that opening segment, I think, is different than his performance when I he's agree. unfrozen. Yeah. And that's a testament to Stallone. I mean, he got it. You yeah. know, like he's a different character in that opening. He's the yeah. guy you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. Then, he and this learn. one, he has to pretty much be like the roll your eyes, you know, <laughs> man out of time. He knows and it. The. It, I can't remember when Cobra came out, but Cobra was kind uh, of way, almost way earlier. Yeah, when yeah, it, that almost seemed when Stallone almost started to. And I lo- I love Cobra for what it is, but it's almost like when he started to become a parody of himself. Like yes. he was almost he like, wasn't aware how silly it was. Yeah, yeah. right. He was yeah. you know chewing on the yeah. on the match and yeah. just the way he talked and all St- that stuff. Stallone kind of had that second. This I would say this almost started his second life that kind of kept him going is he always was able to look at himself and be like, here's what I am yes. in his movies. I that's think that's point. right. I mean, yeah. that's what the Rocky sequels kind of ended up being and every, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could always tell how much influence did he have on this? You think like, I mean himself, his own uh, voice. How, how can we know? But yeah, he, how, yeah. he's the reason this movie's going to sell tickets right? yeah. back then. Yeah. Well, Wesley Snipes too. Yeah. yeah. So both of them probably had some say, yeah. right? 
because it's he, it feels very informed by him. You mean how much say on the script? Yeah, does he have? yeah. Stallone feels very like influential. In I this. did re- in the IMDb trivia. It does say that Stallone has said this is a great action movie. Oh, okay. So I so, don't know what that means exactly, I but I think he obviously embraces it, and he probably loves yeah. the stuff with Huxley and everything, yeah. like how she's a fan of stuff that he would have made. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and everything, and, and much like I mean, I think Stallone did it before even Arnold did it. But he was kind of dipping his toe, and I could do other things like comedy and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. He hadn't been doing much. So you could kind of feel- Well, you, one was Stop for My Mom. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it was after this. <laughs> yeah. Was it after Yeah, this? I think it was like 95, I want to say. It was six, though, right? No, this is three. Three. Oh, this is three. Yeah. So you could almost feel him like excited about, oh, this isn't the usual thing. I get to do these other scenes, too. You know, I get <laughs> to do these true. silly scenes. <laughs> But yeah, um, from the scenes. I, the I think it's interesting to me that to learn that stuff about the opening, because I think the opening is the tone setter, because it's an alternate relate reality. Yeah. Like that's a not a 1996 that's real. Like he's wearing a beret. The LAPD are in a completely different outfit than like police in 1996 would be wearing. Like it very much sets it. It feels like it doesn't. This is a world that doesn't exist, right? It feels like it's in a hyper reality. If we were in 1993 watching it, yes, yeah, our ni- yeah, 19- it's a near future that was. It's seems- like a RoboCop. Or I would say a running man even. Yeah, a running man yeah, type of like alternate reality. Yeah. But that like tells you right away that you're going to be watching something that clearly is not interested in portraying a reality that we live in, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so and then like you said the meta man, I mean the meta is all over the place cuz we're we're trying to talk about tone setters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. like Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so like this it, the the one of the very first lines of the speed reference. There he hijacked a bus full of 30 people and blah blah blah. Yep. I mean right off the, the gate. Bat. Right off the we're bat. hearing about about the 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 quintessential '90s action movie that just happened with a male. Well, Speed came out after this, but no. If it's '93, yeah, I I Speed's '95. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it's I not, think, that's not a reference. I'm confused. <laughs> that's not a reference, dude. Really? No. It was just unless coincidental. That, unless the Speed script was floating around, and that was some. Yeah. Uh, that's well, I know weird. That, I, the no. only reason I know is I knew this was Sandra Bullock's first like big. This thing. was like, before Speed. This was this was Dude, a year okay, prior. Okay, Jimmy, what are you no, doing to my no, brain no. right now? <laughs> I got to check. I, I looked it up. It's ninety four. Right. Uh, so, Speed's uh, ninety four. Yeah, right, for sure. Unless they were filming, I had no idea simultaneously or the script. Okay, or something. that I'm makes pretty so sure much sense. The, that's yeah. hilarious that you thought it was a speed reference. Yeah, it was a speed reference because it is the scenarios. Yeah, it's a speed. Yeah, it works a as bunch a speed of people reference. on a bus and oh. actually, this is where Joel Silver got the idea. No, just... <laughs> I love anyway. the I, I love the idea that Simon Phoenix did all the things that action movie villains have ever done. That's yeah. an awesome idea. No, I, I yeah, love and that. He's the villain. Yeah, he's yeah. the villain. Yeah, yeah. The, you got Simon says there's Lethal Weapon posters on the wall. Simon says, "Come on, Hal." The Hall of Violence at in the museum showing all the '90s violence. Where the phase of guns? Po- yeah, <laughs> right. You're right. Right. The ex- yeah. he says, "Excuse me, Rambo." Yep. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Which, to be fair, there's a Rambo reference in Tango and Cash, too. When Stallone <laughs> says great. Rambo is a pussy. <laughs> like, <laughs> they say shit saved by the bell. Um, there's an entire scene devoted to the history of President Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Um, say the hello seashells, to my friend. The seashells tone. Yeah. They're yeah. talking about poop. <laughs> it's Rob Schneider in a movie talking about poop. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, That's the, yeah. in a Stallone action movie. There's, That's, there's right. something that kills me about Rob Schneider's laugh when he hears, <laughs> every time I hear that. But he's like, 
He doesn't know about the seashell. There's something that makes me laugh so hard about the way he delivers that. It's, I don't know. What I, I won't do it on this podcast, but okay. you can easily look it up, and there is a, dis- a detailed description by the writers of how the seashells actually work. I, I think I've seen that myself. Yeah, there's no reason to describe <laughs> we don't it. Have to describe Just that. look it up. And- it, do- it doesn't seem like it's advanced from toilet paper, though. To be honest with you, it seems like from the description, it seems like it would be worse. Than it seems like paper. very unhygienic. But it's, but it's way, it's way less wasteful. Yeah. Yes, and I in the in, the in the utopian society, I guess yeah. okay. you give that sacrifice. It's like the Dyson Airblade. It like sprays <laughs> shit everywhere, but people are like, "There's no paper <laughs> There's here." No paper, <laughs> right? Right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, I wanted to ask you guys because I'm I don't know the answer to this. Do you think that the audience point of view so in, influences the tone? Because like we're in the superior position about the plot. Right, but we're not in the superior position about the world building. Like we're learning about the world when Sly is, but we're always ahead of him as far as like who the bad guy is, what the bad guy is doing. Like we always know what he's about to face, but we never know what he's about to face in the world. And I was wondering, like, what's instructive about that? Because I noticed we that also have the advantage. Usually, it's one way or the other. This is like the this weird mix. We, well, I was gonna say we also have an advantage of knowing it's kind of like a sci-fi world that's a a whiteboard sci-fi world that yeah. kind of fills in a bunch of stuff we've always asked questions about. Okay. I feel like that's what this movie, how it has lasted. Yeah. And we know, we kind of know the stuff that's coming. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like the way, the weird way this, this world works, he doesn't expect it, but I always felt like when I watched this movie, I'm like, haha, he's going to, he's in a space movie now and he's got to figure out what he's doing. Cause we know what, yeah. we know what sci-fi movies are. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, is a is a character okay. that has no concept of the culture. So the self awareness aspect of it, yeah, of it I, being a sci fi movie. I would say too, there's there is kind of a tradition in these action movies. Like think about Die Hard, where the villain we're let in on the villain a little bit more than we're let in. You know, that's true. John so McClane. it's sort of like genre. It's kind of a genre thing. Okay, I, I think uh, I if you want to kind of give the villain a star part. You know, yes. you have to mix in these things where you know what the villain's plan is a little bit. Because these were the comic book movies of their time. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Uh, Stallone is who doesn't matter what his name is. He's Stallone. And then the villain is the great actor that you bring in to, you know, be the right. Right. He's like the star. He's like the new star of the movie. And we already know what Stallone's going to do. We know what Captain America is all about. Yeah. That's What's true. the new villain? That's you true. know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, that's a good answer. I guess it's it, a genre thing. I, I didn't really put it together, but that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess it keeps some secrets that I think in the 90s I didn't even care about, but this time watching, I paid more attention. Like when when uh, Wesley Snipes is like hacking the computer yeah, yeah, right, right off the bat, right. and it's almost played for laughs. I, I think when but then I, he starts to acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah that he's yeah. like, why do I know how to do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. I'm yeah. possessed, he says. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and on, honestly, I think when I saw it in the 90s, I just thought it was a gag. Like, it was a spoof, like, yeah. winking at the camera, like, we don't want to even want to figure turns this out. It's out. completely plot-based. Um, and yeah. it's completely plot-based. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's almost like a Matrix kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, this game before the time. Matrix. Not yeah. a script thing, but I also read in the trivia I read that they actually had to ask Wesley Snipes to slow down his kicks and punches. I, I saw that, too. Because <laughs> the camera, he's, he, he used to punch so fast and kick so fast the cameras couldn't pick it up <laughs> that's awesome that's amazing <laughs> anyway anyway uh, yeah but uh that stuff does seem like a wink jamie i yeah yeah it's like i back then i was probably like oh they're just being silly i love this it's because uh, especially back then but it's it a clever plot oh it's stuff. really clever it's clever yeah plot. yeah yeah he was it, he, he was taught to be even worse in cryo oh, i love it the, the yeah, biggest surprise about this movie years later is that it's actually a really smart 
movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's know. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I like, I wow. can't. When, before I this feel started, bad saying we shouldn't have, like. I love this movie, but I feel mm-hmm. like the, with the poll, we were all like. I can't believe we're gonna do demolition. Man no, on a I script know. Podcast, and it is really. A, yeah, I found I was expecting to watch movie. it and groan like, "Oh mm-hmm. God, we gotta talk about this." Yeah, and we gotta, yeah. No, but there's because I've never looked at it through that that lens has never come stuff. in my brain. You, here's a weird thing though: when I was watching it, I mean, this is this goes beyond the scope a little bit of our podcast. Do you think this is the type of movie that you remake, mm. or do you think now if you made it because we are in these times, it wouldn't be as interesting? Of a I take? I think it's one of those things where script aside, you can't replace Stallone and Snipes, especially. I mean, just like look at Snipes' performance. I don't want anyone else doing yeah. that. It would be The Rock and uh, I don't know who's I, I think if make a different. I movie. think if once the <laughs> comic book movies are are exhausted. That you could do a comic book version of this where two, a comic villain and a comic hero are sort of being shown to be non-relevant anymore. And then the story is like saying in the future. It doesn't need to be Demolition Man. Yeah. You could do a comic book version of this because this is like a commentary on like we're not like you just said. Last action hero has come and gone. Now what yeah. do we do with these we don't, types we don't of need, movies? We don't need to bag. As on I said, Rambo. they <laughs> did kind of do a remake of it already. Austin Powers yeah. <laughs> is a remake. Of it. Yeah, yeah I, I could see the the Danny McBride uh, remake of this now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Only a, he's, okay, he's the Demolition Man. Only if Stallone plays uh, Simon Phoenix <laughs> yeah. and Danny McBride plays John Spartan, <laughs> right? Then I will watch that movie. There That's go. <laughs> God. There you go. <laughs> uh, I want to work on that movie. <laughs> that might be the next HBO series. Oh God. Uh, premise delivery. I mean, yeah, I feel I mean, like we're already half there. Is, this movie is. I mean. The whiteboard know. stuff you got like you the wanna, seashells. I feel like we should read for. We always assume everybody's listened to like ten episodes of the show. But what's the but what's whiteboard what's, mean? Yeah, yeah. So the premise delivery. It's we always you know we talk about coming to. It's the movie that's promised you. It's the promise of the premise. It's the one you know you come to see Jurassic Park to see dinosaurs eating people. Yes. You don't necessarily come to it to see. The family dynamic. The family or, dynamics yeah, or anything. So yeah. that's what we mean by the premise delivery in particular. Um, this movie, the premise is fish out of water. I would actually say the marketing made the premise just Snipes first alone. That, Obviously, the poster <laughs> and everything. It's just those two verse each other. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, I no, I, think I, you're I always right. look for the what if question. So so yeah. I said I it's about past and past and future colliding. And what if a rival criminal and cop imprisoned in ice for excessive violence are thought out in a future where violence doesn't exist? Right. That you, is... Just a utopian future. A utopian future. Yeah, I think that's best. Yeah. But it's violence-free. So two violent people thrown into a situation where violence is no longer... Right exist and that's the whole movie is and that's an exploration of that's that. what you start with your whiteboard from that's and where when we say whiteboard shows. is we mean the list of all the ideas you can wring out right so you get you know, blood of a premise yeah, yeah. right and, and right. usually they come in a fever pitch <gasps> blast of yeah, like yeah. oh think of all the ideas what if they right. wipe their ass with like seashells so, right, say, say, yeah, right. that is... one might come deeper <laughs> <laughs> that's the first one jamie you go right to toilet to shit <laughs> i mean um, uh, sanitation's a big deal so i want to know how any sanitation world... in the future right in yeah. a utopian society exactly no but uh you say well, okay so that's that's the premise what does it look like 
We're going to see men out of time using violence in a future with no violence. People in the civilized world suddenly experiencing violence and how they handle that. Cops. Right. Right. Even cops. cops. What does that look like? Specifically, right. Men out of time using old weapons and vehicles in the, in the future world. Men out of time using future weapons and vehicles that they've never experienced before. Men out of time learning about life in general and what living in the future is like. And then people in the present learning about what life in the past is like. It's like every... And, even, and you could even add in all the little specifics. What, what, what do they do for sex? What, how do they eat? What are the restaurants like? Who's the president? Right. Uh cursing there's machines that actually police your cursing <laughs> You're right there's a bit of a fascist element here what does yeah. fascism look like in a utopia right that's what this is a fascist utopia right yeah you know like uh what what is what are cars like what happens when you get in an accident with these cars you know there's all these little Bob's tiny making things the whiteboard yeah no but that's what that is <laughs> yeah. right yeah you, you just how does ball. all these little things work where would they get guns in a museum of violence right <laughs> like you that's a whiteboard thing absolutely no, that's exactly yeah, it. yeah. right and, and what bob you can even see how your head's turning you could take the individual pieces of it like you can just say what's some interesting things about a utopia or a right. peaceful society or a politically correct thing? run run amok kind of society yeah you, you can do those little pieces and then you can start also saying the things jimmy said which was like uh what with a rainbow in there you know yeah. what are the things <laughs> yeah. that happen i think and also this movie the thing we haven't talked about yet is ask what about the uh the underclass yeah the people that live under right. the city you know how do we express how, yeah. and how does <laughs> like it, this movie does do a great job of like <laughs> talking about homelessness versus class system absolutely it even it opens up with the dennis leary people uh committing you know they spray paint a sign and then it shows that this society has a way to erase them immediately yeah like immediately immediately yeah. like, so a- they don't even exist <laughs> Gosh, it, right. Demolition Man is way better than yeah, I think anybody I, gets yeah, I, I, I really was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 so the with the premise delivery, there's also ways. Okay, so we know what it looks like. What is that premise? What? Who are the people that inhabit that world? Like you're saying, we have a hero who's a hyper violent cop. Right. We have a villain who's a hyper violent criminal. We have uh, Huxley, a board cop who's obsessed with the past, you know, and all the ways that you can explore that. We have Dr. Cocteau, who has created a modern society that's like he has outlawed sex and violence. <laughs> I also I, I thought a good thing to talk about, too, be, uh, that we talk about on the show, the half man mm-hmm. all the time. Um, this kind of goes with the premise delivery. Yes. Yeah, sure. But, but um the half man is uh, the character who's experienced the monster, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. in his prior life, and that would go to what's I'm trying to the actor's name. He's a great actor. You know what I'm talking about? The old man in the police station. Yes, who, yes. Who, who does? Uh, Lamb is his character name, right? And he yeah. does the he does the whole speech of the killer, but for the for John Spartan, where he yeah, talks yeah, about yeah. like you can't, yeah. we can't We're handle this there, guy. Yeah. We got We got to get old school. Yeah, right. But in a weird way, in this movie, does wouldn't you consider like? Sandra Bullock's character to be partly a half man because of her complete obsession. Well, but with, she doesn't. I don't she, think she naively because I, I I think she thinks it's all fun and games. Right, she's a naive yeah. half man. Yeah, yeah. 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 She doesn't appreciate that, what it actually is to right. feel that violence. Right. right. Yeah. But she but she has knowledge of it beyond <laughs> that's true. knowledge and interest in it beyond anyone in this that's world. That's true. Yeah. I, that's I, a I don't good know, point. I that no, that's thought. true. Right. Yeah. She sort of does have those those elements that. To fit the half man without she being knows, like, I am a badass. <laughs> um, she knows the dangers of Simon Phoenix, but she's never experienced them. Yeah. 
And she's that's oddly, good. she's the half man that's willing to like jump into the fray and then regrets it instantly. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I I'm just saying that, her, like that her versus Lamb, yeah, is like two two characters that's that good. really yeah. add to the story. And it's funny, I yeah. I feel like that when I was watching it, there was a ver- there's a version of this movie without the without the unthawing uh, Stallone and and uh, Simon Phoenix, where where Dennis Leary's character is the main character, and it's like an uprising against this utopian society. Just that that alone would be a cool movie. Like the off screen movies that are going on in this movie are crazy. There's right. like so much off screen movie. Well, I didn't it's write not, that on the list. It's but. not only Stallone being thrown into the future. It's him being thrown into because this movie could just be. Simon Phoenix is awoken and he has to stop it. Yeah, the underclass system part of it, kind you you there's a version of the script without that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And it's not as good. <laughs> it's not as good. Yeah, but there is a version of that movie. But like the fact that the movie's thoughtful enough and and filled with has enough heft. Yeah, to include that. Yeah, he's thrown into this whole political right. scam and yeah. war and everything. Like he's right. like he's just a cog in the machine. He's a cog in the machine. But I'm saying is he's discovering the world. Yeah. And all of its corruption. It's not just I'm in a utopia now and I've got to figure out how to fix it. Yeah. It's not Marty McFly like just thrown into the future yeah. and he's even though I do it, think there's yeah. this shares a lot with Back to the Future, which I didn't expect. Right. Yeah. But yeah. like it's not Back to the Future Two, whereas in Back to the Future Two, nothing is like corrupt about the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like that world is actually it is on the surface of what it is in the movie. Whereas <laughs> this is like there's a dark thing there's something dark going on yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Amidst all the utopia. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to put it in words, probably. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that uh, let's we want to move on. Or do you have anything no, else? No, I tone? just was talking about. I'm still talking about the premise delivery. I yeah. mean, this movie is one long trailer. Like the. I think I think we did good. I think we covered enough. The, I thought a lot of the whiteboard stuff also was. Let's think of an action movie from the 90s and then add future tech in to make it more interesting and stuff you know like mm-hmm. a car chase and everything i wanted to talk you know? about your idea of premise delivery folding in on itself yes you wanted yeah, to go yeah, yeah. on that because there's a great example of that with the car chase with him using the old car right, right. on the new road system mm-hmm. against the new cars yeah you even you even mentioned it i think you said like heroes using their old tech as opposed to the new tech. right we've there's this thing we've been noticing it it comes i've been right. noticing it since you brought it up it's, to me it's like you have to think of both so in the fish out of water scenario there's also this this sense that um you have to look at it from the other side. You have to look at it from the side of the water uh, as opposed to the, fi- the fish. <laughs> Sorry, so, I keep pointing at yeah. Jamie to so, talk into the microphone. In, in, this, in, this case, in this case, it's truly um, so, you know, the unique thing is that he can use an old car. That's a thing that they don't see in this world. So the yeah. world, it's like, whoa, what is, you know, how did somebody use that thing? This is new to us. Almost. Right. It's like in the first. So in the first half of this, it's very similar to the Bill and Ted's like in Bill and Ted's yes. Excellent Venture there. They are in the past dealing with all the craziness that comes along with two people being men out of time in the past. And then this, the premise folds in on itself. And suddenly all the people from the past are in the future. And they're dealing with all the trials and tribulations of people out of time living in the future so this sort of does the exact same thing the first half of all the discovery is Mm -hmm. is uh uh john spartan 
dealing with all the futuristic scenarios and trying to acclimate himself to it. And then the second half is him using all of his old stuff to kick ass in the new and there, world. And there's also the uh, little bit of folding too is like when he discovers the underground world, he's more that's his world. Right. He, yeah. Like him eating a rat oh, burger and stuff. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Burger he's I've had in years. But he's comfortable <laughs> Like it's it's Huxley and um the other cop. I forget yeah, his name. I can't remember his name. It's them experiencing like, oh, this is what the 20th century was. Right, a little exactly. bit worse. Than yeah, the, like, I mean, but it's pretty close. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty close, probably now. But yeah, like that's the premise yeah. reversing itself temporarily. Yeah. Like here's my, what I used to come from. Here's right. a car. There's people actually, you know, making contact with other human beings, right? Eating meat, right? <laughs> cursing, that's, that's fucking, all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're seeing the old world. We're seeing his, yeah. his the remnants yeah. of John Spartan's world. But it's just, it's a really instructive yeah. thing that I've noticed since we started really looking at that, and it comes up in every one of these movies that has excellent premise delivery. The premise are always sort of like reverses itself, and yeah. I just mm -hmm. thought it was worth the car chase specifically is like a perfect example of that. Yeah. How those cars can't hold a candle <laughs> to that. Yeah, yeah the old one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this movie also probably has, though I'm trying to identify it in my head, you probably said some some theme whiteboard stuff because it is. Yeah, this yeah. This movie definitely has. That's what I was trying to write at the bottom of the mm -hmm. outline. I just we do stuff at the bottom. We can go into theme and then I'll. Because the, yeah. the themes are, they could be arguably great or arguably kind of a bad message. There's. There's, yeah. That's what I wanted to there's, talk there's, about. Is no. it a good theme? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. I, I think it's there's plenty to discuss with the movie because I think there's good and bad here. Yeah, there's it's, some bad ones though. What do you 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 seem well, like you had your fingers on the pulse of what you think this movie's about? Well, obviously the utopian society is shown to be. There's parts of it that are great. I mean, there's no crime. Everything's yeah. clean. Everyone's yeah. healthy, and that's nice. It looks like there's universal health care and like all this stuff, but obviously there's a, this. <laughs> It's like that's all good. That's this. We could be as good as these people. Then you know the plot is that, oh, but you have to oppress half the population mm. underground and forget they even exist and right. treat them as scum <laughs> to achieve this. What does that say? I don't know if I'm smart enough to completely dissect what that's saying, but yeah. it doesn't seem great. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem great. It's almost like I. It, it's almost saying like. I don't want to use any modern terms, but I know anyone's thinking it. It's saying like this is socialism, and look what yeah, look no, at the price of socialism. Right. I, mean, I, you I, know. I think I think it does have a a bit of a libertarian streak. It's to definitely it. libertarian. Um, yeah. However, I I think I think it's hearts in the if, right place. If you yeah, but it's a libertarian. I think it basically says you can have your utopia, but. Within reason, everything can't you be break perfect. A few eggs. Yeah, you have everything to. Everything can't be perfect maybe back off the throttle of your utopia just a little bit allow for some imperfection i think no. he, even sly's character though like if there were a demolition man too it would be like he he would be like the there has to be some between world of the 20th century and what we, you've achieved there right, has to be right. a medium here because all or nothing both ways didn't work it has to be i'd hope that that would be where it would go but this seems like it's like an anti yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the stuff people around this table probably believe in. It's saying like, <laughs> if you did all that, people are gonna suffer. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's what? very a masculine. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, might what? makes right. It's also um, got this. Yeah, it, everybody's a bunch funny. of wussies now. Right. Nobody what? can handle anything. A bunch of yeah. modern language snowflakes. Yep. Yeah. What What's you funny know? is 
back in the 90s, that probably just nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody thought of that. Nobody thought of that. This movie came out now. It would be a lot of think pieces and articles. Holy shit. That's what I wanted to ask you guys. This would be the toxic masculinity. The toxic masculinity is the second thing I would talk about because- it's obviously like what saves the day in this movie. Absolutely. What what could you know? It is in favor of t- of masculinity. Like, what I and- see is they created a world where they couldn't handle a single bump in bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, this, this society is great, but everybody gets a be, trophy. Whether it be Simon Phoenix or a tornado or something or like a resource running out, the people in this world cannot handle anything yeah i mean there's that great little moment where before simon starts using the computer there's a guy just staring at the screen he's like i don't feel special and the computer screen's like you are special you are a joy you bring joy joy and happy happy which i think to some degree would really (sighs) speak to people that i don't like on the internet yeah me too (laughs) like you know what i mean like they would see that as a commentary on something and i'd be like i I don't and i know the person that would like that i would hate their views on the world yeah Mm -hmm. So there's that part, but like Jamie said, it's 93. Nobody was nobody was, was thinking, thinking about that, about but it that. does feel like that's what's. But uh, on the flip side, I would say this, this is movie, a hard one to talk. This about. movie has yeah. a conf- <laughs> conflicted message. It does. It I does. think so too. Yeah, no, then there's even that spot because I feel like this is a bit of an arc of awesome. It's saying violence is bad. Arc of awesome. Oh. Yeah, I think this is a bit of an arc of awesome that he changes the world a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's he, his. His old-fashioned ways come in, and, yeah. and now Sandra Bullock's actually going to kiss a guy and exchange bodily fluids. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, I think he, he shows that the world, that the old ways aren't horrible, but you know they can they can mesh with the new ways, and you, yeah. can, you could get a little you're bit of it. Like him, I was saying, dude, like the halfway. You're saying he's the halfway. Because actually the surprising part of the movie is, and I'm not sure if Stallone is fits. a Republican, by the way. <laughs> yeah, That's not dance around that when, but that doesn't when matter Stallone yeah. Yeah. makes the speech that stuff was never good uh you know or whatever yeah no um, there's i, I people have, got uh, hurt i yeah, got right, i think right. that i've got there's like three thematic statements in there he says <laughs> she's praising him for his fighting right right he just beats yeah, somebody yeah. up and he says he, he says hurting people's not a good thing right not when it's a bunch of people looking for something to eat and then later in the movie, that kind of negates the first thing. Yeah. Okay. And then the, later in the movie, the doctor says to him, "Not everyone is eager is as eager as you to resort to violence to solve all the difficulties in the world." Mm-hmm. And then uh, Huxley, in the end, says, "I mean, and this is like the lesson, right? right? She says, I now understand that under certain circumstances, violence is necessary.' And I think that's what this movie is trying to say." She kills somebody. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Two two nineties right. criminals no, attack I think you're totally her. Right. She finally uses physical violence no, and I shoots think you're right. the guy, killing him, and then says, "Well, now I understand that sometimes I, violence is necessary." Which, which I don't even think that is. Uh, is that completely like an anti, even like leftist thing to say? Like, I mean, you bring in certain things in life, and everyone's for violence. Right. You bring it. You say the word Nazis. And suddenly things change in people's minds. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like there yeah. is a time for that. It but feels it, like I, I know, I'm sorry, Jamie. I didn't mean to go there. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying though. But it's it's kind of like I mean, this is this is almost a joke, but it's everything in moderation. Right. <laughs> Even Yo, violence. Yes, Even you're right. <laughs> and, and, and I, I You're I, totally I, right. That's, that's, I the, that's the, the moral of the story. I know. It's viol- like, yeah. like it feels like there must have been and we're we both we don't remember what's going on in 1992 93 with the MPA. No, MPA. we don't we don't. So it feels like there must have been some massive 
outcry against violent movies. And this movie is coming out and saying, see, you tried to get rid of us, but we're still here I, because sometimes the 90s were slightly more woke than the 80s. You need some violence. I, imagine like, how much the step of the wokeness level of the 90s versus the Jesus 80s was. Jesus Christ. And that's what this movie's sort of responding to? Yeah, it is. Imagine making The Demolition Man in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Like, we oh, my saying, gosh. Yeah, like, no, the amount of fucking, com- you couldn't, oh. Yeah. Yeah, this would be like Clint Eastwood's Demolition Man. If I had something to praise the movie about, it would be the thing that Stallone said about violence not being good because his character generally feels like he doesn't want to be doing this. Yeah, which is an interesting I don't think he relishes any of this. No, and they kind of... Even in the opening, I don't think he's enjoying it. I think the opening does a good job showing his dismay about He doesn't want to be the the Demolition Man. He has to do it because... Phoenix is a cancer right. that he can has to kill. But they do say to him, they go that 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 police officer, like they make it clear that he is constantly destroying everything in his path in his efforts to get Simon. Right, right. That like you're being excessive about. I'm not this. saying that that's saying that Spartan is right. It's just I don't think it's him. He's not glorifying any of this. Well, it's, so. it's and it's a strange, right? Yeah, it's a strange yeah. beat. But I sort of get it. I think it's kind of like saying like. This myth of violence that she has from the movies and interesting it's things wrong. isn't the same thing as real violence. Real violence hurts right. people. It was never right. Yeah, uh, you know. But it's <laughs> weird in a movie where people are <laughs> killing everyone it, for the yeah, sake. Yeah, it, it contradicts the end message. And right, it's, kind it's of, fucking I don't messy. Know. It's yeah, it's a weird. It thing. doesn't achieve what it's honestly, trying to guys. Do. I mean, I think the inclusion of Dennis Leary as well, that I was guy, say. his whole ethos is this movie. I, Weirdly, he hates this movie. But <laughs> he thinks it's bad because Leary is a terrible critic. Yeah, you know he. Le- Le- I mean, Dennis yeah. Leary gives a shit. I, but his, I can't see him liking any movie, to be honest, because he but can't you know, rant like, about it. His his stand up <laughs> yeah. his stand up was like about he's like a libertarian freedom. Yeah. Like I'm gonna drive a giant pickup truck and suck down cheeseburgers because right. we got the fucking bombs. Yeah, like you yeah. know what I mean. Like yeah. that his is right. full freedom. That, that's yeah. what I was to gonna say. He probably gives the whiteboard speech in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to it enough on this rewatch to know what it was. Here's but I bet you it, it's literally he from says, his act. It's okay. literally says, from his oh, act. Oh, really? Deception. Yes. That's no plan. According yeah. to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy because I like to think. I like to read. I'm into the freedom uh-huh. of speech and freedom of choice. Yes. He says, like, I want to be naked. You live up top. You live Cocteau's way. What he wants, how he wants, when he wants. Your other choice, come down here and maybe you'll starve to death. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't have said, by the way, I said whiteboard speech, but classroom speech. The classroom. Well, go okay. to the classroom. Uh, Jamie, yeah. I, I was wrong. Yes, that, that's. That speech uh-huh. that's that's the script but there is a moment in the movie where he says like maybe i want to be naked and covered in that's grease that's in the middle of that that's in the middle of that that's his act that's his act that does sound like the theme right of the movie from what we're saying yeah, you know it's a very violence. libertarian yeah. um, i've seen what the future is and it's a 45 year old virgin sitting in his house saying i'm an oscar Mayer. yeah right yeah. that's stanis leary's yeah. act right that, there yeah that, yeah that i mean that could be the theme stated. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It could be. I think there's multiple things that this messy, yeah. um, but it's there, and I didn't expect it to be there. When I was watching this movie, I didn't expect to be like, oh, shit, I got to write that down. Mm-hmm. That's a statement of theme, and here's an opposition also, of statement of theme. You just don't expect to be like talking about there. having <laughs> like a, like an actual like substantive conversation about Demolition Man. No. Like about the theme of Demolition Man. But In it's, a movie where they joke about Arnold Schwarzenegger being, being president, president and every restaurant is Taco Bell. I did not Which expect I think to be is, talking about this. Isn't that like as far as a quip Everything we've talked about up until now with theme and how this is like a meta commentary on action movies to have in this world, the king of action movies was president. Yeah. I think that's like, yeah. 
mind blowing yeah. as far yeah, as yeah in like, the utopian society. society the man who stands for cinematic violence above all humans yeah. was the <laughs> was, the, was the king of peace right the king of peace that's something wow, wow i didn't think about that <laughs> i do want to backtrack demolition talk about... man is a web of knowledge yeah you need that like, paradox we need that yarn connecting all the pieces of demolition <laughs> yeah. man right the, um the uh I, I, you guys can't see it, but I was doing Charlie Day. Yeah, Charlie um, Day, right? <laughs> um, Cue the. I want to backtrack a little and talk about the weird first act structure. Sure, yeah. Because I think it's oh, yeah. really weird. Um, like it opens. We open with this, because, because, like, so here's the thing, and I, I think we can talk about it simultaneously. Okay. All right. Okay. Who's the protagonist, Spartan yeah. or Huxley? Yeah. And knowing that Sandra Bullock's big thing didn't come until after that, that's very informative to me, and I didn't mm -hmm. understand that because I thought this was after Speed. I think uh, it's obviously um, Spartan. Okay, but here's the thing. Yeah. So he, so the first eleven minutes is a prologue with Simon and and John, right? Mm -hmm. The that's there we see their before world. Yeah. Violence leads them to imprisonment. Then we see, on the next ten minutes, uh, are twenty thirty two. There's no mention of John or Simon whatsoever, and it is 10 minutes of just Huxley, and it's like a prototypical act one before world for Sandra Bullock's character, for Huxley, with yeah. no mention. Then all of a sudden, Simon is unfrozen, and it's basically about Simon. It's like 10 minutes of Simon taking over... Mm -hmm the you know the causing havoc and them trying to like follow him along then we get the next five minutes 34 to 38 then spartan is unthawed and it's all about spartan and like everybody else falls to the wayside so it's like yeah, yeah. all this we have four mini movies at the beginning with their own stars and sort of like isn't that why it's such a good movie though it's, it's world weird, it's, though. It's weird i'm not saying yeah. it's not but it's no i'm surprised it, it built, works it is built what i'm her, saying it took time to build the past, her character, yeah. Simon Phoenix, then the movie. It's very unconventional. When he's unthawed, when Spartan's unthawed, then the movie we've been advertised starts. Right. right. That's the, the lock-in. Right. Yeah, the lock-in oh. is is when they give him, they give Spartan the objective, and they say, "Hunt down." I'm asking Jamie, that's, is this the lock-in? Hunt down Simon yeah, or be I put back. So. I, that's, that's that's the movie you came to see. Right. Like right. you just um, said. That's the trailer. That's, that's thirty-eight trailer. minutes. Yeah. Here's what I ask. I'd ask though, if you lopped off the prologue. Does it become more normal? Yeah. Does it feel more normal? Yeah. I mean, Even though they, they what they originally had, because basically. Sandra yeah. Bullock is sort of driving. I think she's that... only she's only driving the ship, the story ship. Mm -hmm. Her actions are only uh, forcing everything else to happen for the first those first twenty minutes. Here's the other question. It's me too. How does Austin Powers do it? <laughs> <laughs> Does yeah. it have a long prologue? Uh, well, uh, yeah, it starts in the '60s. Okay. Okay. I mean, and then so it starts with the prologue. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, why I saw, I I, that's why I thought. That's why I thought it was if it's structurally to, the same. No, to I'm interrupt you guys, like that's why I thought it was structurally like to interrupt you guys. Worth it because I was like, wait, Austin Powers does start with the two of them in the '60s fighting, <laughs> and then Doctor Evil gets away. I mean, this one he gets away and freezes himself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So that's slightly yeah. different. Yeah. But you know what I mean? And then Austin Powers chooses to have himself frozen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yes. it's still, but structurally, they fight in the 60s. They're frozen. And then Dr. Evil comes back in the 90s. And the only person who can stop him. Right. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but the 90s is given that moment of like we learn what's going yeah. on in the 90s where the people, you know, where we learn about, uh, gosh, I can't believe I can't think of her name. The Beyonce? 
I don't know. Is no, she that's, in three. That's, three. three. that's three. You're thinking three. I'm just strictly talking about one, the first movie. Oh, the uh, fembots uh, and all that. What's um, her name? Why can't I think of it? I should know this stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't Elizabeth remember. Hurley. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Bedazzled. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like Beyonce better. The screenwriting listeners. No, um, but, <laughs> Elizabeth Hurley. But now that I th- I never realized yeah. that Austin Powers was like it, it works so well because it, it's spoofing Demolition it's Man. Demolition. Yeah, that's really. I never uh, realized it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's so it's really weird. It's a weird. It's like for the first forty minutes, each one of them sort of gets their own ten minutes. So yeah, taking the prologue off. Let me just walk. I'm just curious. Let's walk through it. So it's it would start out with Uh, the 2032. It would just start ordinary day of work. Exactly. A violence-free future is what we see for 10 minutes. Okay. What life is like in a violence-free future. We would see Dennis Leary spray painting the sign and getting erased. She she contacts the prison and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, nothing's going on. There hasn't been crime forever. What do you think? And she's like, is this going to stay like this forever? What I wouldn't give for some action. The future is safe and boring. The funny thing is, and this speaks to your point. Prototypical protagonist. It feels like she is the protagonist in that movie. No, totally. Yeah. That that's the weird thing about it. But John, John. So you said that you think he's the protagonist, but he disappears for twenty four minutes. How is he the hero if he disappears for twenty four minutes of the movie? No, though in the new version, that's so long because it's because <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this because it's so well written. Yeah, but that it it needs to earn him coming holy back. Shit, he disappears the, for a half an hour. The movie needs to earn him coming back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but in and the, it builds to it in the prologue version. It does set him up as it shows what he's like and his problems, yep. and it sets up his arc, All so to his speak. Problems, yeah. Um, so in some ways, even it works. Guilt. It just even stretches it. It's just yeah. a dual protagonist. Yeah, then. it's a, it's a strange. Yeah, it's weird. It's strange the way that works. Yeah, but. because because once Simon comes out, it's literally just her at a computer watching what he's doing, like. Following along, oh, there's another murder death kill. Oh, there's another murder death kill. Oh, he just did this. Yeah, because what what would happen in in the version without the prologue? If we were just doing this like as a yeah a breakdown of three act structure, right. I would say bringing him back, bringing Stallone back, is the break into two. Right, like that's the new thing you're introducing to solve the problem that got started with the inciting incident of of. Uh, the first guy coming right. back. You know, so that kinda... would be normally at like 25 minutes, yeah, 27 yeah, minutes. Yeah. So that tracks really well. <laughs> they just chop, they added on this extra 10 minutes and suddenly it's this weird. Uh, and honestly, the, this is the weird. <laughs> but I still, I'm glad it's there. Me yeah. too. No, no, I, I'm, I'm so glad, glad it's there. there. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah. Honestly, what I always say about three-act structure is it's sort of in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Because if, if it feels like three-act structure, which I think all this stuff does, then you're okay because things are moving forward. Like yeah. three, right. three structure tends to just be a thing that prevents us from thinking things of or, or um, standing still. You know yeah. what I mean? One so, day we're going to do a Rocky episode, and I think oh, that's going to be the huge minute com- first act. That's yeah. going to be the huge conversation. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, yeah. And I, I want to be yeah. clear what I'm trying to say here. You're, you're, I am you don't not think a, it's a problem. You're wondering. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a stickler for it's got to happen at this point. No, of, in course, this book. of course. I'm not at all. I actually think the opposite. I hate that. But um. I think there's merit to it, absolutely. But I think it's instructive that it works so well despite these non prototypes. Right. I mean, like the audience is like starved of Stallone. They love it. Then, Twenty-four minutes without your hero, and it still you, works so well. Because yeah. you've got you've got really good world building going on yeah. in that time. Yeah, that's right. Fascination. It's like fun and things are moving. Which I feel like 
during that time, you could argue a lot of the premise delivery is even in that little. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's yeah. delivering. Yeah, I wish I would have paid attention to the to the way that they delved, they they provided exposition because I think it's handled what? really well. And yeah, I didn't yeah, even yeah. think to One track that. One of the that. tricky things in books by Guru is like, I remember the, you know, I'm a big fan of Blake Snyder's books and Save the Cat, but the one thing. You're in one. <laughs> yeah. The one thing in Save the Cat goes to the movies, and he's not here to defend himself, but I think he. He takes he picks some wrong movies and then tries to fold them into the into the thing. In his model? Into mm, his model. Yeah. As opposed to just picking the best movies for his model. For the model. Yeah. yeah. He should have picked Demolition Man. <laughs> it, he would have had a hard time, I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, I, I just no, I love that yeah. the lock in because I, I wanted to make sure you agreed with that. Yeah. That the lock in is when they set him on the mission to get Simon I, Phoenix. I, yeah, it's I do. thirty eight minutes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't feel slow. Not at all. No. And we, I think even in this podcast, we found a lot of movies that do stuff like that. that yeah. That save the lock into 38 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes. When you like have, that. when it's, when you have all this world to set up and these characters and their problems and you give them their due, you know what I mean? Like we get to spend time with Simon Phoenix. We get to spend time just with her. And like and this is, Simon Phoenix isn't exactly a three dimensional character. No. Not at all. But and that's still, intentional. Yeah. But you still get to know his Him like as vibe, a villain. his vibe, yeah. right? Yeah, how villainous he actually is. Yeah, right. this yeah. is a Joel Silver movie, so we kind of have a whammo board in place oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. So the whammo comes in the opening, right? Then right. the whammo comes again once once Wesley Snipes is unleashed, yeah. and then so we get he's feeding us the uh, action scenes, the genre to keep delivery, us the genre yeah. delivery. Yeah, that's every, good. Every ten minutes or so at least yeah so i guess that then we can open it up to talk about the protagonist thing because because like so john so john spartan is the one who for the most part his actions drive the story forward right. his his choices and the things he do right the things he does are what's like affecting the story she's pretty much along for the ride for most of the story except for in the first act like when she's like we should get john we should get this guy and unthaw him she's the one who sort of sets right. all that in motion but after that she's sort of along by, for the by ride. by the way Lori but, petty was originally yeah, cast in that, that role but replaced after shooting some scenes for creative wow. differences which mm. i thought was interesting meaning they didn't like the, what she was doing maybe she was usually. just way taller than stallone and made him look or she would <laughs> didn't want to maybe she didn't like the the arc the love of yeah. the arc yeah i mean there's it, not she's sort of like a child you know she's very much like but I naive feel like she, she's got i call it the pinocchio arc na- but now i disagree mm. i don't i think she's naive to the 20th century but i think in her time yeah. she's the one who i identify with cuz she understands she kind of out of sight of everyone mm-hmm. can see how boring and banal yeah. that's true this, she's, she's the that's only true. one that's, that's like true. like hey this is kind of boring guys like nothing is happening that's here. true but she right. also glorifies in her mind she doesn't uh, we can i no i, I agree I, that too like but, i yeah. like i i think she's like she's I, the audience. I think your arc of awesome thing mm-hmm. is you put it perfectly. Yeah. He's got the Back to the Future arc. He's the one changing everybody, right? Like he's, 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 he's the, the, he's the yeah, he's, he's the one who everything right. he does, everybody's sort of like changed because of him, and mm-hmm. he doesn't really change. No. Like he's the same guy. No. Be, maybe a little bit more advised. Like hey, maybe violence isn't as yeah. good. Like but I, I think, think he after already this knew thing, that. they would have started like a, the, like the police department would have started like the Spartan Initiative, where he they would have him train a certain group of people to deal with things like yeah. this had they come yeah. along you know what i mean like that's what the i see Spartan. yeah right but well they would have yeah. to because they'd be like yeah. a simon phoenix can always come up yeah you know yeah but she's the one like like 
Okay, like she's the one. It's like a. I think it's like a the, the eyes open to the dark side of the world arc. It's mm-hmm. the Bill and Ted wa- gaining wisdom arc. She blindly follows orders. She doesn't think there's anything wrong with that, or that she mm-hmm. should ever need to. And by the end, she learns to question authority. She thinks her superiors are trustworthy and benevolent. She actually says the benevolent blah blah blah. She mm-hmm. describes yeah, right, her leader right. as benevolent, and she learns they're devious. Uh, she thinks poor people are hostile and dangerous, and by the end, she learns they're peaceful and trustworthy. She thinks violence is exciting and fun, and she learns that it's not all fun and games like the movies say. Um, she's scared to have physical contact and defend herself, and she learns to fight back, and she actually kills in self-defense. She, Her whole way of life and view, she learns, is wrong. It's like a huge change. Like you know, That's why I argue that she's not smart. Like I don't think she's smart at all. I think she's like a kid. I think this is more of a question from me to you guys, though. Can't you have someone who has a huge arc and curve and learn a bunch of stuff and not be the protagonist, though? You can have that without yeah, are them there being other examples of that. I'm trying to think of another example, but because she learns all the lessons, like mm-hmm. I mean, that's I think Stallone, usually the I think, role of the I think hero. Spartan learns a few. He doesn't have. He, just he knows how, how to knit. Knit. Last. in the new he knows world. How to knit. Yeah. Now, uh, hey. <laughs> I don't know why I just made him with the. Honestly, to be the dude, there's a bunch yeah. of diseases floating I'm around. Like Rodney can't... Dangerfield when I do Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> hey, we're hey, 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 I think it's a hey. Um, yeah. The the thing with the with the, with the diseases always because like you know I was always like. I don't know if he should be pushing her to have physical contact sex if they got these gnarly diseases that you don't even know about. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be having Yeah. Like, that's a lesson? Yeah. I don't know if you should be breaking. Yeah, agreed. That's not, like, about, like, how you live your life. That's like, dude, she, like, what's yeah, going on? What's, yeah, you're You need right. the science of that yeah. one. You know what I mean? <laughs> but to what you're saying, uh, I think, I still think it's really obvious that he's the protagonist. And I totally agree she learns more. Yeah, I don't think that makes somebody a protagonist, though. Yeah, who drives the story forward is who should. Yes, yeah, the story is the one who drives. drives Yeah, I mean, Marty McFly doesn't really change, but his father. I think the miracle of Back to the Future as a script is that Marty McFly stays the same as a person. Yeah, but he changes the world. Forrest Gump part too. Yeah, he he changes Um, the world around him literally. You know, Benjamin Button. Um. There's, yeah, there's tons of examples. There, of that. there are a lot. There are yeah. a lot. And even yeah. you even, can say Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, learned way more than Forrest ever true. did. No, so there was, you go. I, I was asking. Know. I think it's a yeah. good instructive. Yeah. No. Yeah, discussion yeah, yeah. that You're, she is the one who changes the most. And he yeah. is the one who's the, mm-hmm. staying the same. Jimmy, and it you works. could argue that the world learns more than John Spartan does yeah. in yeah. this movie. Yeah. The world. <laughs> the world is like yeah. He. The, yeah. Everybody is almost learning. What she's learning Absolutely. at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. John Spartan's, changed. yeah, he's he's the, he's a protagonist, but his arc is not as dense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. We, cool. I think it's a good discussion. I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Okay. Tons of stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I wrote, I was like, I was like writing things down. Like, Jimmy oh, this has is his good. usual stack of yeah. papers. And <laughs> me and Jamie are sitting here like, well, we said everything. <laughs> There's an awesome <laughs> praise of the killer speech. You hinted at it. Yep. Yep. It's a three-parter, which I don't think I've ever seen one of those before. Wow. It's it's the same monologue, but it takes like 
it's spread out 10 minutes. He starts it and then we go to something else and he continues it. And, and, um, and. on, he says, it's Lamb, the guy who we saw him as a young guy flying the helicopter. Mm-hmm. What's this? I'm going to look the actor up because it's killing um, me. I love this guy. He's I, amazing. I, I don't, he's a tons of he's stuff. He's tons of stuff um, I feel bad for. Yeah, the code. They're asking no, it's not, him. I'm just kidding. It's, it's, not it's, him, it's this is both I, about, it starts out about Simon Phoenix and it curbs to, in one line, to talk about uh, John Spartan. Bill Cobbs. They ask. Bill Cobbs. Okay, Bill That's Cobbs. Bill Cobbs. Bill Cobbs, yeah. you rock. You rock. Um, best. He says, they're asking about Simon Phoenix. The they're narrator look- of Hudsucker Proxy. Go ahead. Oh, shit. That's who That's it, awesome. Yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. Second time that's come up? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. no, that was Hudson Hawk. Sorry. Yeah, Hudson, um, yeah. He says- he's Similar about- movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, this is Praise of the Killer Speech. Oh, we should probably introduce what that is for somebody who hasn't listened what, to Jamie, episodes, what is so. the Praise of the Killer Speech? This is a thing that Jimmy knows. Uh, no, but oh. it's, it's basically just a speech by some character that says how powerful, how evil, how devastating the killer is. So it kind of hypes. It's kind it's of a, a hype man. It's a tool to be the hype man it's, for the it's villain. It's the hype man for right? the villain. And typically, it doesn't have to come from a character who's considered wise. But when it's coming from a character who's considered wise, it's sort of we digest it more. We go like, oh, this guy. And mm-hmm. and Lamb, as you as you kind of explained, he's kind of like from the old world. It's kind of tied into a half man. Half man That's what I'm thing. saying. Lamb has actually seen 20th century yeah. violence like he, so he, he sounds like he like was a child when he yeah. saw it but he knows he yeah. should be the guy teaching the spartan initiative yeah um <laughs> or he's the one that starts it or something because yeah. he it's, knows that it's come kind back. of a storm is coming exactly yeah. so he i says, love how i love his character because he's like not he's like nonchalant yeah about he's like oh there's an old he's criminal like, coming back <laughs> i'm like dude you right. should be freaked out yeah. of your mind yeah, sort of like you're gonna be like the 90s again <laughs> like all if right you, if you know who simon phoenix is you should be scared <laughs> yeah, yeah so right. he says they ask him who, who si- who's simon phoenix and he's like i knew him we all knew him he's evil like you've only read about and then uh they don't take him seriously so he continues He's like, no, you don't get it, Huxley. Phoenix isn't coded. He got chilled back in the 20th century before they started lowjacking everybody. I was a rookie then. He was a big dealer in narcotics, software, wetware, anything. Declared his own kingdom in South Central. Uh, he murdered, death, killed, whatever got in his way. In a bad time, he was the worst. That was the second part of it. And then a few minutes later, when they're talking about, well, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Then, he, then he says, uh, he says, he talks about, uh, John Spartan and they were like how did you stop how did you stop him before and he said a 12 state manhunt satellite surveillance none of it worked in the end it took one man one cop John Spartan totally a trailer line right mm-hmm. like <laughs> also it, if there wasn't that prequel there wasn't that first part this could have filled that in a little bit yes if you didn't show the 20th century it's almost like fred decker read that monologue and was like let's let's write that that prologue based on that monologue right but uh it's a great praise of the killer speech it's they work really well so now the audience goes oh shit yeah but also it's kind of funny because he's giving this praise of the killer speech but he's giving it to people who the killer wouldn't really need to be i mean any three of us could go into this world and almost be a supervillain. It's true. These people are <laughs> terrible at yeah. handling anything. Yeah. yeah. So he's giving it to a bunch of people who like. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Rose used to steal Snickers from the Seven right, Eleven. Right, yeah. yeah. Like I, in a bad time, right. he was the worst. Like give me, like give me like an axe, and I could probably at least kill like twenty people before they stop me. You know what I mean? Like they're not that good. Right. They, so, well, they don't even know. Remember the, yeah. the one of my favorite moments in the whole movie is when the chief of police is like. 
I got it. This is how we're going to track him. We're going to wait till he commits a crime, and then we're going to go after him. <laughs> this is a terrible thing. Right. Right. right, right. And he's like, great plan. Um, it's a world without murder. Yeah. Without anything. Yeah. Without, right, yeah. Anything. On the surface, underneath, probably stuff's going on. But uh, there's another. There's we we've t- we haven't talked about escalation in a while. Um, Jamie, what do, what's a good definition of escalation? Because I didn't write anything down. Escalation. Uh, basically, it's how each set piece kind of keeps topping keeps itself. Keeps topping itself, and often it this includes the reversal of yeah, the premise. So- I always think of fireworks. Home, so. You know, you also, always yeah, want the grandpa. The fireworks is perfect. Yeah, it's like a you start out with like two or three, yeah, and, and then, then it starts, and then there's more and more and more and yeah, more, right. and then you. It doesn't you, also involve sc- like a ticking clock to get to or anything. Uh, sometimes. sometimes, sometimes, okay, sometimes. But this has a great example of escalation, like like. Uh, in Men in Black, it was like they were uh, in the beginning. Uh, it starts with uh, and them trying to stop an illegal alien from crossing the border, like the U.S. Mexico border, mm-hmm. and then it ends with them trying to, to stop, stop a an giant illegal bug giant leaving bug the planet, leaving yeah. the planet. Right. Right. Um, so this one, mirror. this one's sort of like the in the same uh, the same vein, um, which is why it was funny to to hear that they added the beginning. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it starts with a fight scene in a burning building with mm-hmm. Simon baiting Spartan into a puddle of gasoline that, that Simon then sets on fire. It ends in a fight scene in a cryo prison surrounded by ice with Simon baiting with, with Spartan baiting Simon into a puddle of cryo ice. It's a perfect inverse. It's a perfect, yes. And God, I had this it, movie is so good, I man. It's so that, good. Man. And, and that's, <laughs> that's so fucking good, man. It's so good. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, the cryo freeze is total whiteboard material, Absolutely. too. Yeah, know, let's, total. Let's use cryo freeze in an action scene. Let's see what we could yeah. do, have how much fun we so can So there's have a little tiny particle that will freeze anything instantly okay what can we do with that what can we do with it yeah yeah so and i mean him. that's, that's just a great piece of writing right there john spartan is using sure. the particle as the cigarette it's and exactly he's standing in water. the same it's perfect perfect yeah. um and there's there's a couple really good rule of threes in, and this is pretty much all i got um he corrects her pop culture mess ups twice and both times he's really embarrassed by what she's saying. The third time she messes up in front of him, uh, he says, "Take this job and shovel it, huh? That's close enough. That's mm-hmm. close right? enough. That's the rule. That's you know the third one. Um, that's that halfway agreement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> halfway twentieth century to utopia. Mm-hmm. That's tr- hey, that's true. Yeah, there's that's a lot of that. That's, that's him going like, all right, all right, I'll take half um, of it. Simon tries to kill Doctor Cocteau twice. Both times he points a gun at his face. He can't do it. Third time. He just tosses the gun to one of the other 90s criminals that he just unfrozen. Bam, kills him. But it wouldn't be as impactful if we didn't see those first two versions of that scenario. Right, right. Um, the other one that I noticed is uh, Huxley twice tells John that she's impressed with his skills after he displays violence. And then when she beats up the guy that's trying to kill her and then shoots the guy that's trying to kill him, he says, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's a nice reversal. That's right. another rule of right. three. There's so I mean, there's a lot of techniques in this in movie. This, in this movie. Why we like it, right? Yeah, which cool. I don't think anyone would ever give it enough credit. That's what I'm saying. I didn't expect. Uh, it. Yeah, I don't think I was kind of. We just didn't even give it credit. To laugh mm-hmm. at dumb shit. Right. We didn't give it credit, and I love this movie, and I yeah. didn't give it credit for what I expected when I rewatched it for this. Yeah. 
Agreed. I did not expect to find anything. No. What did you learn? <laughs> this is a good discussion. Good segue into what did you learn? The, yeah. By the way, the screenplay is online for this one as well. I didn't. I didn't dive into it, but it is online. If anybody wants to check it out, you can just Google it. You'll yeah, see. Pretty it's easy to find. Of, yeah. After, just, you, after you Google three seashells and how they work, <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I learned about the three seashells. Uh, so I'll, I'll go a little off topic like that. I learned something new. There was a sequel pitch for this movie. Yep. Did you hear Whoa. about this? I, yeah, I read about it. So yeah. it was, I mean, it sounds like one of these pitches that is ridiculous. Uh, like it would have never happened. But Joel Silver said his pitch for the sequel was that Stallone's uh, daughter would have grown up and been older than him or at his age, and it would be played by Meryl Streep. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. weird. <laughs> Super that, weird. And what? That's all there is to this. That's also, it? did you read? I know Meryl Streep. So yeah, let me weird. give her this movie. If you got, there, I read another thing about that was actually filmed. Is that there is a subplot in this movie where Salone's daughter lives among the Dennis Leary homeless mm, people. That would be so great. The actress who was originally playing his daughter, it was she. It was all her parts were edited out except one moment where she says like one line. But that is what was originally supposed to be his daughter, <sighs> who was, and that was his, that would have driven his impetus to fix this world even more. Yeah, I would but have they, loved that. But they, they edited it out for some reason. Man. It didn't work. It wasn't working. Okay. Because they would probably be like, why isn't he spending more time with her? It, why I is think, he just walking I think it's away? A, I think it's a good thing. I think, I think it would have distracted cut, yeah. from the movie. You know, yeah. it's better that everyone he loves is dead. Yeah. It's just better that way. Yeah. It's clean. It's clean. <laughs> it's clean. Yeah. So I learned that new outside of the podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I learned uh, yeah. that that there was like it was trying to dis- to say something, which uh, I mean, above all the things that I that I took away when I was like watching this, looking for instructive things to talk about, I was shocked that there was some sort of theme being thrown around. And, yeah, yeah. And it was like a heavy theme, you know. Like, and I, I just. Well, I'm not sure I agree with. I, you I don't I, know that yeah, I agree with it right, either. Yeah. But it was. I just didn't expect to get that sort of like you know heft from this movie <laughs> yeah uh i mean i i'll say two things one is the austin powers thing which i mean <laughs> i feel like a complete moron for never putting those two together <laughs> secondly i just don't think i've ever given this movie enough credit for being a meta commentary mm-hmm. that's something that i came to while watching it for this podcast mm-hmm. I you know in how it's almost thirty years old now. Yeah, I wow. have seen this movie countless times. I mm-hmm. own this movie in every format, <laughs> and I've never really kind of I never gave it the uh, credit yeah. to be as smart as I now realize it is. Yeah, and so I learned I learned that it's just a truly smart movie. <laughs> I, Oddly, <laughs> and I think that I think that's what keeps it going with the culture. Like people still love this. Movie. Our, our poll was straight up. Demolition Man. Yeah, people love this movie, and I don't think anyone wants to ex- put it under a microscope and say, you know what, it's pretty good. It's pretty fucking. It's a good. pretty good fucking. Yeah, no, they, they want to be like, it's silly. It's silly and bad. It's so bad, it's good. Like, no, nah. it's pretty legitimately good, actually. Except for the toxic masculinity aspect. There's the themes that can be yeah. argued and stuff, but like, but I, I think you construction see that- wise, it's like. From a from a craft standpoint. craft standpoint, I think you see the poster and it's the two faces and yeah. the blonde hair Wesley Snipes, and you think, oh, it's Dennis Rodman versus John Claude Van Damme well, again. Dennis Rodman got his hairstyle from this movie. That's so. awesome. He literally did. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I just th- I just think that it'd be yeah. nice if anyone listening give this movie a second shot. Yeah, if if us talking about it hasn't like inspired you to watch it again yeah. with different eyes, but like. 
Yeah. It's worthy. <laughs> it's worthy of some praise. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. is that it, guys? You got anything it? left? Yeah. That's it. That's okay. It. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Oh, wait. We have an email. Oh, yeah. If oh, we're supposed comments, to do that. We yeah. never do that. Everybody never do just that. turned if you got off. comments, we've gotten like two emails in the history of this email address. <laughs> so <laughs> it's writersblockbusterspodcast at gmail.com. So if you've got comments. And at, as always, you can direct message us or tweet us, tweet us. on Twitter yeah. and everything. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening. Good Bye. journey. Or whatever, right? <laughs> All right, bye. Be well. Be well. Be well. You've just listened to Writer's Blockbusters, a screenwriting podcast featuring two professionals and another guy. Available only on Thundergrunt. <laughs>